But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. Amen. The fruit of the Spirit will help us learn how to walk in the Spirit. Amen. And so I want to talk to you tonight on the power of love. Lord, I worship you and I praise you and I thank you for everyone that's here tonight in every class, in every area of our campus, and those that are joining online. God, I pray that you would let the word find good ground in our hearts. Thank you for meeting us here tonight as we worship you. And God, I pray that you would open our minds and our heart to your word. Let the seed bring forth fruit to harvest in our lives. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. In the last lessons, as we've talked about the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of love, we've learned about God's boundless, limitless, unconditional love for us. We also began to explore what our proper response to his love. We talked about loving him back by obeying him and living for him. And tonight I want to cover two final aspects, if I can, about what the love of God, the, the fruit of love can do in our lives. We live in a world that has a lot of hate in it. If I actually read a little bit of an article this morning that America is statistically more divided than it's ever been. Politically, socially, ideologically, instead of us coming together, we're being driven further and further apart. Hate is not the only adversary of love, but fear is also an adversary of love. The more we understand God's love and our proper response to God's love, I believe the more that God wants us to overcome fear. Author and motivational speaker Les Brown said this. He said, too many of us are not living our dreams because we're living our fears. That's a powerful and sad statement. Too many of us are not living our dreams because we're living our fears. Fear can be a crippling thing. And it's often used by the devil to frustrate and defeat good people. Amen. I feel like I'm walking in the Holy Ghost tonight. Humanitarian Margaret Boucher said that fear is the most common cause of stagnation and failure for all people in all areas of life. That is a staggering statement. Fear, according to her, 
is the most common cause of stagnation and failure for all people in all areas of life. Fear is pervasive. Once fear grips a heart or mind, it's hard to break that grip. Fear is ever advancing. If it gets a little foothold, it begins to grow. Fear is aggressive, but yet often subtle. Satan uses fear as a terrible weapon. I'm going to say right now that it is not God's will for his people to be bound and oppressed by fear. Amen. I'm going to say it again. Because we live in a world where anxiety levels are rising constantly and consistently. It used to be that news stations reported news. Now, from both sides, they try to get anxiety amped up. But it's not God's will for his people to be bound and oppressed by fear. I want to read 1 John 4 and 18 to you. The Bible said there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. There's a whole lot to unpack in that verse. But how many have found it true that fear has torment? If you've ever had a bout with anxiety and fear, you would be nodding your head and saying, Preacher, you're talking the truth right now. Fear has torment. I have been talking to an individual now for several weeks, really for months, that because of an event that took place in their life, they have been consistently, constantly tormented by fear. Almost every day sometimes, sometimes multiple times a day, I have to reassure them that what the devil's trying to make them fear is not really happening. Because fear has torment. Amen. You know, I, I, I never could quite understand people who fought depression. I would always just think, Brother Benny, well, just, you know, just think your way through it, you know, until I went through it and then I realized it's not that simple. When people are dealing with fear and anxiety, people who aren't bothered by it, it's easy to say, it's irrational, just get over it, don't think about it, it's not... It's not really going to happen. But the truth is that if you're the one dealing with the fear, it's not that easy to get over. Fear has torment. Amen. But I will tell you that the word of God is true. Perfect love will cast out fear. God doesn't want his people bound by fear. Amen. That phrase, he that feareth is not made perfect in love. Let's just go ahead and break it down and just say that I wish 
that we were all always perfect and always on the top of our game and always so full of the Holy Ghost that we never have weakness. But let's just say it like it is. There's times when we all are dealing with things that we're not quite on top of, right? That doesn't mean you're a horrible person or a horrible Christian. It means you're at a space or phase in life that you're just going to have to find a way to get through in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, I feel like I'm preaching right now. I'm trying not to, but I, I'm trying to teach what I've got. But I, I, I feel like tonight, I don't know why I feel this way, but I feel like I've kind of got my pulse on where some people are dealing with things in their life. You almost feel overwhelmed by things that are, that are happening. And I'm going to tell you that God wants to give you peace in the midst of your storm tonight in Jesus' name. The perfect love of God brings calm to a fearful heart and mind. I was dealing with, with somebody the other day that has, has been, I, I mentioned it, they've been tormented by, by things. And uh, one night, one night I was going through a drive through on my way back from General Conference and this person I was talking to had, had, a, had been gripped by this fear that they were going to die. And they, they just kept saying, I keep hearing this voice that's telling me I'm going to die. And, and it's been this way, Brother Carson, for some time. And, and they called me one night and they said, Pastor, I feel like if I go to sleep, I'm not going to wake up in the morning. And I told him, I said, that is a lie. And you can sleep and rest that God's going to take care of you. And they woke up the next morning alive. And they texted me and said, you were right. I said, I know because you just texted me. <laughs> it's a little funny to us, but the truth is to the person in the crucible of affliction, it's not the least bit funny. But the love of God, Lord, I'm asking you to bring calm to a fearful heart tonight. The Apostle John made the true statement, fear has torment. There are many fears that bind and oppress the soul. Fear of failure, fear of the future, fear of past failures, fear that you're not going to be able to keep up with life, that, you'll, that, that, that failure is just around the corner. There's people that are living for God right now that the devil's tormenting you and telling you it's just a matter of time till he gets you back. Fear of past addictions coming back. Fear because of abuse or other trauma. Many of us fear financial trouble, marriage trouble, trouble with our kids. The bottom line is that fear binds love and stifles it. The American Psychiatric Association says that post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, can develop in some individuals who are exposed to fear or horror or helplessness. It is a real problem, fear that grips the heart. The Apostle John said that when we fear, we're not made perfect in love. So what exactly does that mean? Does it mean that if we have any fear at all that we're lacking God's love somehow? That would be unreasonable. There are certain things that are natural to be afraid of. 
A fear of getting burned keeps you from touching things that are dangerously hot. God's good sense that he gave us tells us that we should fear certain dangerous activities. The Bible said, let us therefore fear. There are some things to fear. I've heard it said that fear is faith in the devil, but I don't believe that. I don't ascribe to that blanket statement because all fear is not faith in the devil. Some fear is the good sense that God gave you to keep you out of trouble. No doubt there are some situations where it may be accurate, but as a definitive stance, it is not consistent with common sense or scripture. But God, that said, God does not want us to be ruled by irrational fears or fears of failure as a Christian. We should not live our lives afraid that something bad is always just about to happen. I know good men of God who walk in faith and miracles. That in between their great revivals, they are completely overwhelmed with anxiety. We all go through times like that. Amen. Walking by faith in the love of God, however, can give peace in the midst of the storm. Let's, I want to move on and get into some things here. Isaiah 26, verses 3 and 4. The Bible said, Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. God, help me to keep my mind stayed on you. That even though these thoughts and these fears that come from living in a fallen, wicked world, in a world that constantly is trying to amp up the anxiety levels, God, help me to keep my mind stayed on you, to know that you will never leave me, you'll never forsake me, God, you didn't bring me this far to let me drown in the sea of affliction. Trust ye in the Lord forever. God, help me just to trust in you. Amen. The truth is, we got to fight to keep our minds stayed on him. Peace is a byproduct of trust. David said in Psalms 56 and 3, what time I am afraid. Now, we don't, we don't think about David as, as being afraid much, do we? Do we, David? <laughs> we think of David killing lions and bears with his bare hands. Killing, killing giants with just stones and a sling. We think of him going out against mighty armies and winning great victories. We think about them singing songs. Saul has slain his thousands, but David his ten thousands. We don't think about David ever being afraid, but listen to what he said. What time? I am afraid. Even giant killers have battles with fear from time to time. Even people who can rip lions apart with their bare hands have battles with fear sometimes. 
One thing I'd like to do before you leave, I'd like to get you to not beat yourself up because you have times when fear tends to take, tends to take hold. Amen, because that's just a little bit of a window that if the enemy can get you to beat yourself up, he, can't, he don't have to do it himself. David said, what time I am afraid. There's times when I'm fearful. He said, but when I'm afraid, God, I'm just going to trust in you. When I don't know what to do, when I don't know how it's going to work out, when I can't even see a way, then God, I'm just going to trust in you. That's part of the fruit of love because I know he loves me unconditionally. He loves me without boundaries. He loves me no matter what. And because he loves me, I'm just going to trust in him. Amen. One of the great benefits of being a spirit-filled Christian is in the arena of the battle against fear. The Apostle Paul said to Timothy, 2 Timothy 1 and 6, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance, that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. He is speaking there about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He said, Timothy, I'm telling you, I'm reminding you, I put you in remembrance. I'm just reminding you to stir up the gift of God that's in you. By the putting on of my hands, when I laid hands on you and God filled you with the Spirit, I'm just reminding you to stir up that gift of the Holy Ghost. Can I just, can I tell you, you, you ought to expect this out of a Pentecostal pastor, but let me just tell you, you shouldn't go weeks and months between talking in tongues. Amen. I'm putting you in remembrance right now to stir up the gift of God that's in you. Timothy, he said, I'm reminding you. I put you in remembrance. Timothy, I'm reminding you because I don't want you to forget to stir up the gift of the Holy Ghost that's in you. Well, Timothy might say, Paul, why do I need to be reminded of that? Why do I need to stir up the spirit inside of me? Look at the next verse, verse seven. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear. He said, Timothy, if you're going to overcome fear, you're going to have to be full of the Holy Ghost. You've got to keep stirring up the spirit. He said, you've got to stir it up because you've not been given a spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind. If you want to walk in the power of the Holy Ghost, you want to walk in the love of the spirit, and if you want to have a sound mind, you've got to overcome the spirit of fear, and you do that through the stirring up of the Holy Ghost. God, I wish you'd baptize us fresh with the Holy Ghost tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. Woo, hallelujah. Contextually, this passage says, stir up the gift of the Holy Ghost inside of you because God didn't give you a spirit of fear. And so the spirit moving in us combats the fear that wants to overtake our mind. I had a, a, a sweet apostolic lady, Sister Beth Baus. She is, a, she is a psychologist. She has her own clinic out in California. And, and she made a statement to my wife and I one day. She said, your, your emotional brain is like a bank. And if you just keep making, if you keep drawing out and drawing out and you never put back in, your emotional account is going to go bankrupt. She said that life draws from that account. 
And struggle draws from that account. And stress draws from that account. And she said, if you're always having life and stress draw from that account and you don't put something back inside of that. She said, you're going to find a time when you crash. And Paul said, Timothy, I'm going to remind you, stir up the gift of God that's in you because you've not been given a spirit of fear, but God has given you a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. And so life draws out of your spirit. Emotionally, it draws. Life, just dealing with things. Am I preaching anybody tonight? I feel like I'm in the Holy Ghost. Amen. I started this series. This is the seventh lesson. And with all the breaks and stops and revival and this and that, it's taken me, feels like a million years to get this far. But I want to think that God planned all of that out because he knew you'd be here and you'd need it tonight and that God arranged everything perfectly so, so you would know that one of the best ways to get victory over that fear is to get full of the Holy Ghost. You got to refill the account. You got to refill your emotional and spiritual bank. One of the functions of the Holy Ghost is to combat that spirit of fear. You should never let fear of failure stifle your spiritual ambition. God has created all of us with a divine purpose. This purpose is to fulfill his will in your life. How many of us have ever felt like we wanted to do something for God and then the very next thought is, I can't do that. I'm not able. I won't be able to do Anybody? Just me? I saw a couple of head nods. Amen. We got a good denominational head nod a while ago. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Don't let fear stifle your spiritual ambition. God has created us to do for him what he's called us to do. Most of all biblical heroes had some great fault or failure in their life they had to overcome. The book of Hebrews chapter 11 has been called the hall of fame of faith. A quick perusal of the names of the heroes of the Bible offers a realization that they were far from perfect. Hebrews 11 and 7 says, By faith Noah built an ark, but Noah also failed got drunk, and it caused terrible ramifications for his family. Hebrews 11 and 8, by faith, Abraham. He's the father of faith, but because of fear, he lied and told somebody that his wife was really his sister because he was afraid that she was so beautiful that they would try to kill him to take her, so he lied about it. Hebrews 11, 11, through faith, Sarah herself received strength to conceive when she was old. But then that same lady who through faith did that also laughed at the promise of God and said, God, I'm so old, this ain't going to happen. Hebrews eleven twenty one by faith, Jacob, he wrestled with God and prevailed. But he had to overcome lying and stealing and other flaws. By faith, Moses. Moses was a great leader, but Moses had to take his brother because he didn't have enough confidence to do it himself. 
By faith, Rahab, who helped the spies, though her background is a prostitute, had ruined her reputation in the city. Hebrews 11.32 says, What shall I more say? For time would fail me to tell you of Gideon, the same Gideon who was so afraid that God had to show him a miracle to get him to do something. How about Samson? Samson who, though he had great strength, failed in the lap of Delilah. This list is not given to magnify their failures. It's given so that people like you and me would know that when you mess up, it doesn't have to be the end of the story. That you don't have to let fear of your mistakes and your past and your failures keep you from having a future in God. But you have to have enough trust that God can bring you through it and reestablish. Amen. That's why that list is in the Bible. He specializes. God, I wish, I, I, if, I could, if I could plant this thought in somebody's mind and get them to really believe it. God specializes in people who have been mistake prone. No one should allow fear of past failures paralyze your future. Hallelujah. God, let the fruit of the Spirit of love vanquish fear out of our hearts and our minds. In the name of Jesus, by the authority of your word, God, I pray for a fresh revelation of your love that would cast out all fear. That God, you don't want us paralyzed by fear of the past, fear of the future, fear of what, of what might, could happen. But God, I pray, let the Holy Ghost come down in this room right now and bring peace to somebody's troubled heart and troubled mind. God, even when I don't know how, I'm just going to trust in you. If you're sitting next to somebody, why don't you reach over and, and put your, your hand on their shoulder if you're, or if they're your spouse or your child, take them by the hand. And we're going to pray right now. I've, I, I, got, I got a few more things. I, I want to go in a different direction before we go. But I, I just feel like I got to stop right here because I feel like the Holy Ghost is trying to do some work for somebody right here. The Lord sent this word to you to let you know that there is peace for your troubled heart and troubled mind in Jesus' name. Amen. It's by the Holy Ghost. It's by the Spirit of God. Lord, I pray let your Spirit move in this place tonight. I pray, God, that the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven the Comforter. God, the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, the Helper, which is the Holy Ghost, would speak peace in this place. God, you are the Prince of Peace. And Lord, I'm asking you, God, to send the the fruit of love into somebody's heart by the Holy Ghost, the fruit of the Spirit. 
the love that you said was the fruit of the Holy Ghost in our life. Somebody ought to stir up the gift that's in you right now. If it's been a while since you've talked in tongues, you ought to say, God, baptize me fresh with the Holy Ghost because you've not given me a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. Holy Ghost, come down in this place. Hallelujah. You, you all know how I like to stay on point when I'm teaching a Bible study, but I feel like the Holy Ghost is in this place right now. I feel like the Spirit of God wants to confirm His Word with signs following. God, I speak peace in the name of Jesus. I speak peace by the Holy Ghost over the troubled heart and the troubled mind against anxiety and discouragement. In the name of Jesus. Come on. We got, we got a little time for our Holy Ghost intervention here right now. I think it'd be all right with God if a prayer meeting broke out right now. He's come to do some work in this place tonight. Oh, yes, he's come to do some work for somebody here tonight. The Holy Ghost sent down from heaven. Oh, Jesus. I speak peace in the Holy Ghost. I speak peace in the Holy Ghost. Oh, Jesus. I feel him here right now. I feel his presence here right now. Let your peace come down in this place. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Why don't you lift your hands and close your eyes all over this place tonight? The disciples found themselves in a ship at night in a storm. They had no control over the storm. They felt like they were completely at the mercy of the wind and the waves and the sea. And then in the middle of the storm, here comes Jesus. Another time, they're in a storm and he's asleep. Lord, how can you be so quiet when we're so fearful? And Jesus wakes up and he says, peace, be still. And the storm immediately calms because when his presence begins to move, it brings a calm. Amen. And I feel that calm in this place right now. Jesus has shown up on a Wednesday night 
to speak peace over the winds and the waves of your life. Oh, yes, thank God for the Holy Ghost and the fruit of love. The love that cast out fear. I can face any storm if he's in my boat. I can face any trial if he's with me. In Jesus' name. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You feel that? I feel a calm in the spirit here right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. God, I'm asking you, Lord, speak peace to somebody's life. In the midst of their storm, calm the waves. You are a refuge in the time of trouble. And Lord, I speak it over these good people's lives tonight. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Why don't you just lift your hands and thank him. God, I thank you because your presence is here. I thank you because you know what we need and when we need it. I thank you, Lord Jesus, because there's nothing too hard for you. You're always right on time. If I never went through a storm, I'd never know he could calm it. If I never went through a trial, I'd never know that he was able to bring me through. But I've learned what I've learned by going through the struggles of life. And what I've learned is he never leaves me. He never forsakes me. He's with me. He's with me in the storm. He's with me in the fire. He's with me in the trial. And I learned that because he, I found him faithful. Trust in him. Trust in him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I wonder if we could just stand and lift our hands. Brother Ethan, why don't you come to the keys if you don't mind? Whatever, you, whatever song you got, just take off. I got more, but I'll work it into another sermon another time. It's a, it's a switch in direction, but... But I just feel led like we just need to stay right where we are for now. While the Spirit of the Lord is here. To the person who's not dealing with fear and anxiety and dread. This is just an exercise in time. But to the ones that have been in the crucible of affliction. This is the moment you've been praying for. So I want you to lift your hands in worship. And I want you to stir up the gift of God that's in you. Lord, baptize me with the Holy Ghost. Every Holy Ghost move doesn't have to be loud and shouting. And 100 miles an hour. 
But the prophet said, I looked for him in the whirlwind and it wasn't there. And I looked in the fire. And then what I found out, there's a still small voice. A calming voice in the middle of it all. Go ahead, Brother Ethan, and sing as we lift our hands and worship. If you want to come to the altar, you can. You certainly don't have to, but you can. somebody to pray with. Amen. There's some work of the Holy Ghost being done here. Oh, yes, Lord. That's why we need each other. God, I ask you, Lord, to speak peace in this place. Peace against the trials of life.
folks travel hours to go to the beach, wear little to nothing, bask in the sun. I think it's all right to bask in the goodness of God. Amen. Amen. I'm going to go ahead and let us be dismissed, but let's carry this message out in our hearts. Let's carry this aura of peace about us the rest of the week. God bless you all. You're dismissed. You can stay and pray if you want to, otherwise you're dismissed.